welcome to the Astra Economic Review. My name is John Eckstein. I'm the Chief Investment Officer of Astra Investment Management. I am joined today by my friend and colleague, Nick Porter. Nick, hello. Hi, John. We're recording this on Friday, 11-11. Happy Armistice Day, everyone. And the big news, of course, is yesterday's CPI number, the market reaction to it, and the anticipated Fed reaction. So let's go through the CPI real quick. Nick, you want to jump through the numbers from yesterday? Yeah, so I think, you know, broad-based across the board, inflation we're seeing is cooling and really below consensus estimates. So headline was up 0.4% month over month, that's 7%, 7.7% year over year. And core CPI was up 0.3% month over month, that's 6.3% year over year. And the drivers were pretty broad-based. We've seen continued disinflation in goods in things like used cars. And then we also see some pretty well-telegraphed weakness in things like medical care and sort of looking around the corner, also we can expect in, in owner's equivalent rent. So I think the market reaction was obviously very positive to this. I'm not sure how much it really changes the Fed's stance, but that's something we can talk through. Yeah, I think that's broadly right. The market is jumping ahead, right? So core CPI is slowly decelerating. You have, and it, that tends to sort of bounce back month to month, but like just the one month annualized, the one month change in core CPI annualized was 8% six months ago. It got as low as 3%, back up to six. Now it's down to three again, but generally heading lower. Though still, so the market is sort of looking around the corner, right? But not just to continued reductions in the CPI. And so this is not enough, but the idea is hopefully that this starts a sort of irreversible trend towards still lower core CPI and inflation in general back down to where the Fed wants it. If you look at, again, say three month changed in durables annualized, that's now down to a negative number. Uh, it's been negative before in this cycle, it was negative six months ago, but people are definitely assuming that it's gonna stay, stay low, right? So you have goods deflation, absolute goods deflation, coupled with services disinflation is the plan to get the target. You agree with that? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I think it's encouraging, certainly, but we've cautioned on the way up without reading too much about one month. And I think it's worth cautioning on the way down. And you know, to be clear, I do think this is the beginning of a trend down, but totally possible that over the next couple of months, we'll see hotter trends, right? And what's really going to make or break this for the Fed is sort of persistently below where we are. And it's going to take a while for that to really become clear. As far as how we get there, yeah, absolutely. I think we'll see. I think probably start seeing some weakness in shelter prices. The goods goods will sort of continue on a downward trajectory. And then services is really the next thing to snap into place. I got to say, like, I mean, sure. That's definitely, that's the conventional wisdom now. Could definitely happen. People are pretty optimistic about owner's equivalent rent. And so just to review real quickly, like house prices do not go into CPI at all. Like there's no, there's no house price in there. You do try and figure out like what, if you owned a house, what would you be paying in rent instead? So ultimately rent comes in there. The higher frequency measures of rent are still running 6% year on year, right? You were like, oh, it's much better than 12. But 
the actually month on month, right? So like if you look at the Zillow rent index, it was 0.5 last month and it hasn't been much lower than that. So people are hoping that because of methodological quirks, the rent inflation will definitely come down. And that's true, right? It's still running pretty hot. But I don't see it coming down. It doesn't look like today, like you need further disinflation in rent, not just rent staying stable from here to get that number in a good place. You agree with that? Yeah, I think that sounds right. Absolutely. But like all this, the people you see chatting about it are pretty optimistic that rent is coming down. I don't see where that optimism, all that optimism comes from, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think you can find sort of series like if you've talked about Zillow, but Zillow hasn't, below, have, Zillow hasn't below 5% month on month. Let me pull it up here. Let's see. Zillow, rent index, all homes, all homes month over month. Yep, you're right. You're right. Um, now, that might not be a representative index. There was a great study actually but from the BLS not that long ago, a month or so ago. Reconciling the OEM to the higher frequency indices, and I, I definitely recommend everyone take a look at that, but this is the one that we happen to have. There's other higher frequency indices, but we don't have access to them. But this is the one we have, and it doesn't look like it's slowing, right? Right. Yeah, I think it is. I've just sort of popped over to the calculated risk blog to see what they're saying, and it is worth noting that house prices are declining month over month from a repeat Light. sales indices. Slightly. Slightly. Right. But, um, to the extent that flows into rent is an open question. Right. And so, you know, we do see mortgage rates declining already. The average 30-year fixed mortgage is down to 666. So the lucky, lucky number on mortgages. You know, and you would have to think that in some way, house prices do eventually feed into rents but it's not really clear exactly how. So John, it's possible that we've seen peak inflation. Maybe we've said that before and gotten burned, but it certainly does seem to be broadly encouraging trends. You know, um, you know who, you know who thinks we've seen, you know who thinks we've seen peak inflation? Mr. Market. The NASDAQ. Yeah, absolutely. And so the market's reaction to, the, um, to this print was, was very optimistic. We saw the dollar sell off. We saw... We didn't see the dollar sell off. We saw a record do dollar sell off, right? Like the most since GFC, maybe. And down, dollar down, what, two or three percent? And trade rate dollar down two or three percent yesterday and down another one percent today. Like that's non trivial. Non trivial. The NASDAQ ended up almost seven and a half percent. Rates across the curve declined. And really interestingly, if you look at the euro dollars curve, the market cut its pricing for the terminal Fed's fund rate. To me, that seems misguided. I don't think that the terminal path for the Fed has changed. Maybe when they feel free to get there, it's changed, or maybe when they start cutting after that has changed. But to me, just because we've had a weaker CPI print doesn't mean that the Fed is going to is really going to change much about what they do between now and say the middle of next year, unless things really start to cool. What's your thought on that, John? I agree. So the target rate today is four. I do think that they are going to slow down to 50 basis points and go to four and a half next month. December 13th is the next CPI release and the next Fed meeting is the 14th. So they get one more CPI and one more employment number before the next one. So they haven't made up their minds yet. If they do see 
a moderation confirmed with the November number released in December, that might take some of the air out of the sales a little bit. But I guess I still see 50 basis points coming even with another similar, a similar number. Though we're not seeing the Fed push back against yesterday's market move. So, I mean, I, I think we had two speakers come out and caution about, about, you know, this just being one single data point, but I think the market has sort of chose to ignore that. And uh, We know, haven't seen an official leak yet, right? That's uh, right. They're calling the Wall Street journalist who, who's sort of an unofficial mouthpiece for the Fed, Nikki Leakes, his first name is Nick. I thought that was uh, very amusing. You're our own, you're our own little Nikki Leakes, Nick. That's right. Right. So definitely possible. So like, Powell said that if there's a pause, it will be modest. Or not like a pause, but like Powell's definitely trying to encourage people not to think they're going to pause. Not doing 75 basis points moves seems reasonable. The Fed Fund's futures market now sees rates peaking at 4.9 in May and coming down after that. You have to interpret that a little probabilistically. Stopping at five definitely seems like what the market thinks. That's possible. Sure, like another 100 basis points over the next six months, would that do it? Maybe. I mean, that's, that certainly seems plausible, though a lot of the inflation that's come has been surprising, of course. So you know, we've been kicking around different forecasts for the economy in sort of broad senses. If you look at Rob's link, Rob Stein's LinkedIn, you can see so the terms that we're using in a poll that he did, and we've done that poll internally. Nick, you said you wanted to revise upward your soft landing. Yeah, I guess my base case, which is kind of a weird thing to say, was just continued overheating or stagflation for the U.S. economy in 2023, defining overheating as you know above potential GDP growth and inflation that was still too high, as well as stagflation, which was inflation that's too high and economic growth that's well below potential. I didn't really see a path towards a soft landing. I thought the Fed was going to have to be super aggressive, that inflation was going to be really stubborn. And I've sort of fallen into this trap with this most recent print of maybe over-extrapolating, but it does seem to be like that there, there is a path for economic cooling that's maybe a little bit less adverse than I thought would be necessary. Yeah, I think it's fine that it's like Three years later, we're like, oh, it was transitory, right? That's the path, is that inflation sort of takes care of itself. The Fed has raised rates, but inflation does sort of peter out. And the underlying strength in the labor market continues. You know, I've been saying in our little comment that given the strength of the labor market, like it makes sense to see a slowdown, not a recession. And I guess I'm going to stick with that until it changes. Mm. So overall, economy in a nutshell, where are you? The U.S. economy remains surprisingly robust, particularly as you look at things like the labor market. Some of the PMIs, the purchasing manager indices that have come out recently are a little bit concerning, but I think we still have a decent amount of tightness and above potential output before we really start seeing adverse impacts. And that would really be seen in negative non-farm payroll prints. And I think inflation has probably started to moderate in a durable way. I think that's fair. The strength of the labor market seems to have a, a ton of inertia. The international environment is extremely concerning, but the U.S. is fairly autonomous. I guess we'll see how- The I U.S. Think. consumer. The U.S. consumer just does its own thing. Yeah, the U.S. consumer does its own thing. I mean, I think we're still all bracing for 
terrible economic outcomes to be realized in the UK and Europe and maybe China over the next six months. But to what extent will that dig into the US? I'm not clear. And the other thing is, going back to the dollar for a sec, if the US consumer is the flywheel around which the rest of the world is turning, that implies larger current account deficits and sort of puts some of that dollar weakness into context. Yep, absolutely. I think we will leave it there. If you're eager for more of our economic analysis, you can check out the Aster website, asterim, that's im for investmentmanagement.com. You can download the Aster Research app, or you can follow on the socials on LinkedIn and reach out to your Aster sales representative. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, John. To learn more about Aster Investment Management's research and strategies, please visit us on the web at www.asteriam.com or stay up to date by following us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and our app is also available on the App Store and Google Play. Thank you. Aster Investment Management, LLC, is a SEC-registered investment advisor. All information contained herein is for informational purposes only. This is not a solicitation to offer investment advice or services in any state where to do so would be unlawful. Analysis and research are provided for informational purposes only, not for trading or investing purposes. All opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and subject to change, they are not intended as investment recommendations.